Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor. Dennis Dick with you this morning. We're going to talk about what stocks Warren Buffett bought and sold uh, last quarter as disclosed in his 13F on Friday. It, is, it, it did cause some stocks to move on Friday and more so again this morning. So we'll talk about that. Uh, retail earnings is going to be the theme of the week. We'll talk about that with our guest, Ryan Craver at 835. He is the founder of Commerce Canal and our retail expert. So retail is the theme of the week, like I said. Uh, not really any earnings this morning. We have JD.com, but a number of analyst ratings that are or analyst uh, commentaries that are of note. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, that's it for me as far as things on my radar. Uh, don't forget to hit that like button. And Joel, what happened here overnight? Uh, trading up by 10 and a half handles, a little bit of a choppy week close. Bitters came in right away. Uh, our open 66, that's only a buck and a quarter off that pre-market low of 64.75 pre-market high 76.50 we don't care about that what we care about is the 3 day trading range hitting the spy hey, in the s and wait can I interrupt you i just turned your charts off by mistake so grab them back oh spencer i'm sorry that was my That's mistake a- <laughs> monday morning blues Ah, Spoo's in a three-day trading range, 30 handles or three points in the spider. We got that clear bogey on top. We got four highs, not a triple high, but quad high. That's what we got to bust through, 82.5 on the upside. Uh, We have crude down 10 cents here at uh, uh, 41.91. And then you have gold. Gold's got a little boost because of uh, Mr. Buffett, right? Uh, buying uh, Barrett Gold. So gold is getting a boost today. Uh, silver is in the green, too, by almost a buck at 27.07. And uh, Bitcoin, we'll have a little discussion on Bitcoin here this morning. Uh, that is over $12,000, 12050 uh, The futures are up $115. So we'll... Uh, Bring in uh, Triple D here, and uh, boy, oh boy, Friday seems like a long time ago. But it does uh, doesn't it? How is he? Yeah, how? I can't how was even your remember weekend? what what happened Friday. I don't even remember Friday. It's too long ago. 
I'll tell you what happened on Friday. Warren Buffett. Oh yeah, thirteen. He bought a very small stake in Barrick Gold. That was the news on a Friday afternoon. In 13 Fs, it's so ridiculous. It used to be like, oh, yeah, we care about you know multiples. We could look at other hedge fund managers. What were they doing? And now it just seems like the market cares about Buffett, and that's pretty much it. Um, that's what gets the immediate move. But the moves are so extreme off of Buffett. I mean, here he takes a small position in Barrick Gold, symbol G-O-L-D, and the stock pops 9%. I mean, if I was Buffett, I'd ring the register here right now. That's a big move for Barrick Gold overnight. This isn't like some you know, little tech stock, penny stock. This is Barrick Gold. It's one of the biggest gold producers in the world. And it was obviously not doing well the last three, four days. And it comes right back up into its major resistance point of 30. I don't know. But just because Buffett bought it to think it's worth 9% more today, I think is absolutely ridiculous. I think it's a ridiculous move. If I was in this for a trade, I would say thank you for the free money, and I would be selling it here this morning into the pop. What are your thoughts here? Because it's getting ridiculous that you know you could, a company as big as Barrick Gold getting nine percent pop off Warren Buffett. Uh, well, I mean, it's like you say, you know, he wasn't buying it here. He's been buying it over the last quarter. This yeah. is a real big. It's move. not even a huge uh, position I'll, for I'll him. Tell you when. I'll tell How, you when. Okay, go ahead. He bought it between eighteen fifty and twenty-eight twenty-five. What do you mean, eighteen fifty? Eighteen dollars and fifty cents. Oh, he bought this during the during the crisis, so it's not like he's buying it now. So yeah, so you're chasing Warren Buffett this morning, who bought this at twenty bucks, and it's thirty. Well, if I'm Buffett, I'm like, okay, this is the time to ring the register. I just made you know fifty percent of my money, and you know all these people are buying it from me here this morning because it's disclosed forty five days later. I mean, this has always been the problem with the thirteen Fs; they lag so much. So this was bought back during. Uh, d- during the COVID crisis, the beginning of it, then. Yeah, I mean, we always say that uh, <clears throat> before crazy. the thirteen has come up. Yeah. Anyways, but... they're they're buying it up there. Thirty major resistance. Yep. I would sell the hell out of this, in my opinion. Um, does it hold up for a day or two? I mean, gold's up. That's helping it. It obviously moves with gold. Uh, and obviously, if gold continues to move higher, this will you know, this will be helped out too. But this is just a ten percent bonus for whoever had it overnight. And, you know, and it was difficult. Like I was looking, you know, when it came out, I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy some of that bear gold. But the algos are pretty fast on it and they rip it higher. And you think, okay, you're going to trade out these 13 Fs. I mean, unless you've got the algorithm written, like the process to do that, it's not like, oh, it's just a press release. Warren Buffett bought bear gold. It doesn't come out like that. Like, tell us how it comes out, Spencer. They released the 13 F, they released all the holdings. So you got to do some comparing to be able to come up with that next headline that says Warren Buffett bought gold. And by the time that's done, the algos have already ripped it higher. Yeah. They don't come out and say, Hey, we increased our stakes in X, Y, and Z. And we decreased our stakes in A, B, and C last quarter. They just say, Hey, here's what we've got. And then you've got to go to the previous filing and compare and contrast. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So I did, I did it. I mean, I do the Buffett and I was trying to do it before anybody said that he bought Barrett Gold. I was sitting there comparing and I've got his holdings sitting up there uh, on the spreadsheet. And then I open the press release and I start comparing and I actually went through and I'm comparing all the way and I'm going through it. And I even I ran over Barrett Gold because it was such a small position. I didn't even notice it off the first comparison. And then I went back and then and then I noticed it. But by the time I had noticed it and nobody had really even you know, it was published, you know, that like I hadn't hit major media yet that he bought it. It was already trading up in the in the 28 handle. And I'm like, well, am I going to chase this up a buck and a half now? 
you know, and, you know, I'm trying to do it fairly quickly, but I mean, if you have an algorithm written, like think about the logistics to, you know, that algorithm, what goes into it, you know, and, and, you know, it's pretty impressive to, to be able to have that written. You have to have the spreadsheets loaded into some type of Excel format. And then your algorithm has to be able to read the press release, know which press release to extract from, then be able to download it into a spreadsheet, compare the, the holdings, and then decipher which is different, and then make a trading action off of that. It, it could be done, and I'm sure it is done. You can see it's done, but it's pretty impressive. 29, we, we, we're just off the highs of the pre-market session. Uh, we just got to 29 uh 66 and then you see this high just under 30 so that's you know if the bulls really want to run with this we'll take it through the pre-market high we'll take it through 30 i gotta imagine after falling off from a 30 and a half down to 26 some people are going to be reloading there it's a nasdaq stock but 30 psychological level it's over half of the rebound there so gold is new york it's not a nasdaq stock it's a new york stock just to clarify I know we okay. used to always look for symbols, NASDAQ. It doesn't work. Well, I don't know. Anymore. Then TradeStation must have it messed up. It's New York. Gold huh. is New York. G O L D is New York for sure. Okay. So TradeStation. I, right I thought it was too. It is. But, uh, you know, it I, may be from the merger. They might have never, because remember that symbol when they merged with, who did they buy? Because yeah. it was ABX and then they uh, merged with, was, I don't even remember, Rangold? It was Rangold or Goldcorp? Rangold, I think. It was yeah. Rangold. Yeah. And then, and so maybe Rangold, I can't remember if that was NASDAQ, or maybe that's where it's getting screwed up from. But NY, Barrick Gold is NYSC listed. Yeah, but, okay. but Joel's right. Trade Station does say NASDAQ. So I'm yeah, right. so it's wrong. It's Sorry smart. about that, guys. No, no it's uh, obviously a mistake on Trade Station. So, so, so I think maybe, you know, the combo that it's Warren Buffett and then you get the headline, oh, he bought gold and that could mean refer- that could be referring to the ticker, but it could oh, people just may see the headline, oh, he bought gold and think, oh my God, I got to go buy gold. And so- well, I, that, there's something to that too. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising that gold's up. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's getting so much press this morning. Buffett bought gold, Buffett bought gold. So you see gold trading up now, GLD, and you think, well, it, that could have something to do with it. I mean, but look when he bought it. He bought it back when he was dumping all the banks, and he thought the world was ending. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, when, when Buffett's selling, you know, at a loss on a lot of different things, he was very concerned about, you know, we don't know what's going through his mind. You know, I don't know if it's disclosed, but you know, he's concerned about the economy. And when the markets fall 30 35%, he was hedging himself up, and it was a fantastic buy. I mean, what price did you say he bought at? He bought in a range of eighteen fifty to twenty five, twenty eight and a quarter. Okay, so he he bought it all the way up, but I mean, you know, that eighteen fifty buy is impressive. It looked gold was in trouble, twelve dollars and sixty five cents. I mean, they were selling everything back in March, and we know if you bought anything third week of March, you're laughing. You know, anything you bought, you're up significantly on, and this is no exception. But now you're coming in. If you're coming in this morning, you're buying this. You're so late to the party because this was bought back three months ago, potentially three months ago, right, Spencer? I mean, yeah. that's what we said. Yeah, that's when those it, prices it's were there. So late. The, the, what it's else like did you bought it what yesterday. Else did do? Did what else did he do? Great question. I'm glad you asked, Joel. Well, we know he uh, exited the airline. That's not that's not news. We knew that from a while ago. That Correct. that came out though, but that's in this 13F as he got rid of the airlines. Uh, he. He got got out of Goldman Sachs and cut his stake in a bunch of other banks, except Wells Fargo, except for stake. Bank America. He he decreased his stake in Wells Fargo, U.S. Bancorp, uh, Bank of New York Mellon, uh, 
JP Morgan, PNC, and I mentioned he exited Goldman Sachs, uh, but he's raised, he has been raising a stake over the past few weeks in Bank of America. That's kind of the exception to, to that. So he, he raised a stake in Kroger, too. If you yeah, see Kroger he, this morning trading up as well, if you're yep, wondering. The, so he, he, he was getting defensive. I mean, think about this. Buying gold, selling banks, buying gold, buying Kroger. He was getting defensive. I don't know. Maybe he's changed his mind since then. I mean, I don't know why he'd be playing defense when the market's playing all-time highs. He could be doing completely different stuff here now. But that's why it's so hard to trade on these 13Fs when that information is so late. Like we talk about, you know, when we see, you know, the SEC filings and you see those like Bank of America, we know is doing it. Um, and, and those are only a couple of days. Right. So that's, at least that's, you know, relevant information. I just think when you come with these 13Fs and they're 45 days old, it's tough to just make a trading decision on that because that he might have changed his mind completely from where I, that, the conditions for the market three months ago were completely different when they were from where they are now. So it's tough to come in here and just buy gold because you think, oh yeah, Buffett's in, I got to get in too. If you like gold for other reasons, total different subject. But if you like gold because Warren Buffett bought gold, you're late to the party. I mean, the, uh, only, the only reason they're notable is because is really for when for for gold this morning. Like moves like gold, uh, are, this morning are why we pay attention to 13s because because this is the sole catalyst, right? So yeah, GOLD. And, and yes. I can I can remember even you know when I started doing the show with you guys, it, it seemed like other fund managers had the power to move stocks. Icon, Ackman, Einhorn, mm-hmm. mm, not so much these days. Uh, as you've also you never hear from Icon anymore, Dennis. You, you uh, don't, and, and they don't have the power that they used to, um, or they're just not doing as much. Maybe Icon does, but a lot of the other fund managers, like you said, Dan Loeb comes out with stuff today. So do this, this to yeah. give the example of what Dan Loeb did, and do the comparison. Dan Loeb's a hell of a hell hell of a hedge fund manager, yeah. great hedge fund manager, but nobody's following him. What give the stocks today, and I'll tell well, you what they're doing. Well, yeah, I think this is this morning because I didn't see it on Friday. Okay. So, if but, but we know. So we got Dan Loeb, similar to Warren Buffett. So we'll buy Buffett up nine percent, but we yeah. won't even care what Dan Loeb bought. It's insane. It's a new What's, stake. New stake in Activision Blizzard, ATVI. New stake. It's in, up. It's up fifty cents. New stake in Square. Uh, new stake in uh, Ga- the Gap GPS. It's and, up twenty cents. And he raised stake in Disney. So Disney's trading down. So you can oh, see and, the and difference. Facebook, and Facebook. You raised this stake in Facebook? Uh, new stake in Facebook. New, new stake in Facebook. Facebook's so big, it's going to be hard to impact yeah. there. But gold's big too. So you can just see the difference. You know, here you have two hedge fund managers. Dan Loeb's excellent hedge fund manager. It's just Buffett is so widely followed. And everybody's hungry. And, and I did the same way now. Because it's like, you know, it's self-fulfilling, right? When I don't see the other hedge fund managers doing it, I don't even look at them now either. So I know, but I know Buffett, I'm sitting there and putting extra work into it. And I was sitting there trying to compare, trying to get ahead of it. And you just can't beat the algos. And so you've got to have an algorithm to go spend yourself, you know, a couple million dollars and figure out how to rate that algo. And you probably can make some money along with the other, you know, major hedge funds trading HFT firms that have done, done that. But it's a, it's a difficult game. Let's uh, let's talk about Kroger here, and uh, it's just interesting, just from a, a technical perspective. Uh, someone got real excited. Uh, this probably was the after hours. Very little volume took it up to thirty six forty five. We're still trading uh, in the green here. We're at thirty six bucks. Someone had a little inkling that Mr. Buffett may be uh, adding to his position because this stock had a nice day on Friday. Broke out of thirty five and a half. Settled a little bit below there, but it did uh, have a good day. It did leaks, have a leaks, good day. leaks at Berkshire. 
36. I, I'm still going to use 36 as the bogey here. Holds 36. You're talking about another, you know, leg up, hot, you know, another leg up on the upside. And your post-COVID high is even above that. Where was that? That was at uh, boom, boom, boom. I think when people got crazy that one day in Kroger. I still like Kroger. I mean, I, I've, I've liked this for a bit. I, obviously, I bought it back there probably when Warren Buffett was adding to it. I bought it back during the COVID crisis as well, 28. And then it just ran so quickly and got up to 32. I had it for like seven days. I made 15%. And I, I sold it. I, was, I thought that was a pretty good move for Kroger. It turned out to be not a bad sale. It didn't go anywhere for three months, but now it's starting to go up again. So I like Kroger on a pullback. I don't mind. I think the stores, you know, are, are look good too. I mean, they, they've they've changed the whole dynamics to the way these stores are. You know, these super Krogers—they got everything in there now. So I'm kind of a fan. Thirty-six eighty-four was your high in March when everything just when uh, the uh, stay-at-home play just exploded. So keep an eye on that. We haven't hit that. What is the uh, symbol for that uh, Albertsons that? Um, Recently IPO'd. Is it A B I? Is that I it? should know it and I forget it now. No, it's not. It's, uh, I've traded it. ACI. There you go. Yeah, the old Arch Cole. ACI. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that done? Nothing. It don't look bad on a chart. It's kind of consolidated, but it's not like, I mean, it's definitely not uptrending. <laughs> so if you want the trend to be your friend, there's no trend here at all. It's just kind of hanging out. But I mean, you're somewhat near support. So you could see a little double bottom for me. You can make an argument if you wanted to give it a shot. If you thought this grocery store trade could get hot, I don't know why, but 1444 is your low of the move. That would be my stop out point. I don't want to see a trade below that. And I definitely don't want to see a trade below the 1372 which is the the lowest since the stock low. has become yeah. IPO. Yeah, so. that's just kind of it's just kind of meandered. But but, but uh, think about think about it. Like, what's the story? You know, we we talk about this show. I'll give you a story. drivers or stories. Give me a good reason, I'll, I'll a story a, behind Albertsons, and a reason to buy it because I can't think of one. I'll give you a story for the whole grocery store uh, grocery store uh, sector. Okay, give us. Um, if you think that not COVID, but the the, the regular seasonal flu will be bad on top of COVID. When it, when it gets to be flu season, then there's your argument for grocery stores. How is the flu season going to be bad? It's going to be so much better. You know why? If you because think, there's a lot of people still practicing social distancing. It, so that's got to improve flu. Think, I think it's going to be your best flu season ever. If, if because people that, aren't on top of each other. Well, if you think that COVID is plus the seasonal flu will make things worse again. COVID can get worse. Plus the seasonal flu. We don't even, we're, we're not even there yet. So if you think that's, that's going to make things worse again, and we could see another, you know, March situation in terms of just run on toilet paper and, and, and that sort of thing, then there's your argument for grocery stores. I think it's just a matter of if COVID gets bad again, because I think with the people practicing social distancing, I think the seasonal flu is going to be a lot. It's going to be one of our best years for the seasonal flu coming up because people just aren't on top of each other to spread it. Like, I'm not sending my kid to school. So, you know, he gets the flu three, four times a season. With him not going to school, he's probably going to get the flu less. So it, it, it depends, I guess, on, you know, obviously the COVID situation is always a wild card. But the market has completely discounted any risk of COVID now. And I'm not going to argue with it. I mean, I was, you know, rah, rah, like COVID is scary. And, you know, I've loosened up, too. So, I mean, it doesn't seem as scary as it did. We get the death tolls and, you know, the market just doesn't care. We're making all new all-time highs. The market gives zero risk to COVID. Now, there is a good point. It could, you know, maybe the second wave comes, maybe it starts to get ugly in September, but 
I mean, people are wearing masks. They're being a little bit smarter about it in a lot of places. And, and, and you know what? It's just not as deadly as we thought it was. So. I'm saying, it, if you think the, the seasonal flu will be bad, with everyone, kids are going to school, they're going to get it, they're going to bring it home to their families. It, if you think that, there is your story for the grocery stores. That's, that's what I'm saying. I just think I just think grocery. I just the whole the whole thing, whether you know we have a bad you know flu season or not, whether or not COVID uh, ever have an outbreak again. I think I just think there's been a fundamental shift in people's behaviors where going out to eat and spending the extra amount of money, the money that could be saved, the quality of foods better. I think I think Warren is totally on with this one. I just I think it's I like a generational thing. I just thought we're going to lose a lot of restaurants. I mean, going out, I mean, you know, going out to eat, how many bucks can you drop there? I just, you know, having people over cooking meals. I just think it's a generational change. The whole, everything has changed the way people are spending money right now. And people like the outdoor activities, people are all over it. Like we were looking, you know, and, and at boats and, you know, my friend uh, selling one of his boats that he had bought last year for $10,000 and it's it, people are buying these boats for over 20 like used boats so even used boats which never go up in price have just flown in price because people right now want to do outdoor activities like I need a boat I need a boat it's like scrambling and you throw it out of it's the same thing with the housing market the housing market has exploded in a lot of markets because there are a lot of people that are like man you know I was stuck in an apartment for three months I don't like this apartment living anymore I want to move to a house so you've seen you know a lot of consumer changes and some of these are going to be permanent. Some of these are going to be temporary. You make a good point on, you know, do people come in now and they, you know, maybe don't go to restaurants as much as they used to. I mean, there's, there's, you know, uh, and, you know, obviously, and maybe they don't travel. Maybe they like their new style of living. Maybe they're ordering online. Whereas a lot of these changes can be more permanent. Some of them are temporary though. And that's still to be determined which ones are permanent, which ones are temporary. But either way, the grocery stores, people go to the grocery stores and, Obviously, they don't. So there's maybe a bull case there, but I, I tend to like the Kroger better, where it's been an uptrend. Just looking at, you know, if I was comparing Kroger to Albertsons, Correct. I always like my stock trending up. Kroger's trending up. Albertsons gone nowhere. So you know, the natural flow of money tends tends to chase price. And ACI, you don't have to chase anything. It hasn't gone anywhere. Hey, uh, speaking of consumer uh, habits, is there a more obvious candidate for an earnings beat this week than Lazy Boy? They report, I think, on Thursday. I mean, everyone's stuck at home. Yeah. They were buying Lazy Boys last quarter, right? Do they sell a lot online, though? Like, how, like, that, like that would matter because if they're – obviously, you have to go into the showrooms to sell your Lazy Boy. Tomorrow. People weren't doing that. Lazy or if they're buying them online, then, you know, there's a case there. I mean, anything to do with home furnishings has done well. I don't tend to think that Lazy Boy – I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, unless you know what you want, I mean, then you can get it online. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this thing's, we always talk about this. When's it report? Tomorrow afternoon. I've always thought the stock is a dog. It's come back a long ways from those lows. So it got down 15 bucks, 32, 33. I mean, you get into a point now, okay, even if it beats, I mean, where's it going? 35, 36 is major resistance. It's just some stuff's come so far back. It was in the gutter. And now it's coming back up to where it was pre-COVID. All these stocks come back up to where they were pre-COVID. It's hard to be bullish on a lot of these stocks here. Like, it's still the lazy boy story. You know, I know, you know, Michigan ties and stuff. But, you know, this is not a bullish Long-term story. Long-term trading range. I mean, this is, we've been talking... 
we've been talking about this stock for years, and it just seems like you it goes know, nowhere. Twenty-two to thirty-two. You yeah. Know, and and you know, you get you get below, you got to the under twenty, and you've been over thirty-two. But if you've been you know, just patient. I guess you haven't. Yeah, I mean, you. I, this is on a monthly. I mean, you would have had one, you know, four or five shots to catch it. I mean, if you were aggressive and, you know, did more 24, 32. But trading range, see, I hope they have good earnings. Uh, hope, hope people are home reclining and they're lazy boys. I don't know. We haven't done your lazy boy chair story in a while. Mm. We'll maybe uh, do but, it on, on yeah. Wednesday. We'll see if we yep. have time. All right, um, Alibaba, people are talking yeah. about, has bounced back, got some negative press from Trumpster. What do you say? I, that's all you need to know is he got ne- negative <laughs> negative press from Trump. Yeah. Uh, he, so he, he basically just hinted that um, Alibaba would be the next domino to fall in terms of potential. Uh, specifically mentioned Alibaba. Yes, he specifically called them out as being like, okay, I've 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 written executive orders on on ByteDance and and TikTok uh, and Tencent to an extent. Uh, Baba could be next. And uh, the stock was hit significantly on this. It actually traded down to two fifty this morning. It's come all the way back, and we're now trading scratch because that's what they do. They buy the dip on all these stocks. You know. It's in consolidation station right now. I'm long Alibaba, full disclosure. I've had Alibaba, bought it a year and a half ago at 140 bucks, I think, or 150 bucks, and I'm holding it. I'm going to continue to go with it. It's one of my only stocks. Like, I have some emerging markets fund, but of straight direct holdings, Alibaba, I believe, is my only Chinese stock. Um, it's in consolidation station. I'd say as long as it's above 240, the bulls are still in control. If this thing ever starts to leak and starts to lose the 240 area, then that's concerning. Yeah, it did have the dip under 250, or right to, no, it didn't quite get to 250. Went to 250.15. I mean, you're calling 240. I mean, 250 for me, uh, you know, if it loses that, Short-term I don't support. know, from a longer-term perspective, that's been that's been holding up. Uh, but, uh, you know, unchanged now, since it was down that far, will be an important level, and then also... Um, also, yesterday's high in Alibaba. High. I mean, it's scary to own any Chinese stock to a certain extent when you've got Trump and obviously you've got major headline risk. And we know, you know, we're going to be in a trade war here eventually. Trump is not pleased with everything over in China. So we're kind of at, you know, in a little you know, war with them to a certain extent um, on multiple grounds. So, you know, it's somewhat concerning. So to own, you know, a lot of these Chinese stocks, I wouldn't want to be overexposed to China right now, just for all those reasons. But if I'm going to own a Chinese stock, I think Alibaba's best in breed. Three highs, right? Uh, 250, between 256 and 257. So call 56 and a half uh, your major resistance today here in Alibaba. All right. While we're here, let's go to JD.com. They had earnings this morning and they were great. They blew away the yeah. estimates for the EPS and for sales. EPS fifty cents versus a thirty-eight cent estimate. Sales of twenty-eight point four six billion versus twenty-seven point four five billion. So blow blow away earnings report for JD. I mean, this has killed it. This is this an, a, a pure COVID play. You know, buying stuff online. JD.com. We know they've even talked. The company has said that they're rocking and rolling, and it's not surprising that they you know beat it significantly again online sales just driving this company so up six percent stocks been firing all in all cylinders 69.18 that high of the move that's your major resistance point until you get above that then i i don't know if i'm chasing it but 
it's been an uh, it's been an unbelievable performer in the last three months. Yeah, trading trading right here at the highs of the pre market session. Uh, you're trading sixty six thirty. The pre market high is right there, so not really a daily high to lean on here. You you see the sixty sixty a uh, five. Just over 65 was your uh, previous resistance. I don't know. Let's see what here what these two highs are here. Uh, those two highs are 66.35. 60. Yeah, there. Keep an eye on that. Two daily highs at 66.35 and 66 and a half. Uh, we did just touch there briefly. Have fallen back into the 65 handle. So. Potential target there. I don't think we'll see this that 69 and change on it today, but uh, definitely a good up 344, up over 5%. Got a good report for JD.com. Yeah, Jane and JD kind of only the earnings report for the day. If you look ahead to this week, though, you yeah, what do we got? We retail earnings season. Retail, yep. Walmart and HD and Kohl's tomorrow morning. That's big. Actually, day. I have a I have a list here. Let me pull it up. Uh, yeah. here we go. Okay, Walmart, HD, Kohl's tomorrow morning. I mentioned Lazy Boy tomorrow afternoon. Wednesday morning, Lowe's, Target, TJX companies. Uh, Thursday, it's Alibaba and BJ's in the morning. Raw stores Thursday afternoon. Friday morning Foot Locker. Uh, so it is it is the retail earnings week. Target being Wednesday, Walmart tomorrow. Those are going to be the big two. I mean, Target's at all-time highs. Walmart's not far from all-time highs. Kohl's is still kind of in the gutter. I mean, the, the themes are so, you know, apparent here. You know, you know, Walmart, Target, the bar is very high for them. Are they going to get above their high bar? Kohl's, the bar is very low. Are they going to find a way to come in under that low bar? I mean, it's, you know, it's not rocket science to figure out who's going to have good earnings and who isn't. It's just a matter of where those bars are and the expectations going in. So, and that's still to be determined. And that's market sentiment too. I mean, obviously, if the market's holding up and making new highs, you know, stocks and, and the reopening trade stays hot. Kohl's a pure reopening trade. Um, they're not selling us a lot of stuff. Kohl's isn't a huge online seller. So it's all about, for Kohl's, it's all about the reopening. And you watch the reopening stocks, Boeing, Airlines, Kohl's, they all tend to move together. So they, they're grouped together and the charts look similar. Target and Walmart, you know, are to a certain extent um, still COVID plays. Um, they're going to have their sales. They, they kind of work no matter what. So I, I, the Walmart chart looks like it's in consolidation station. I think they're probably going to blow it away. Um, maybe the easy money was just to buy it over the weekend because people will be talking about it today because they're reporting tomorrow and it's already trading up 1%. So obviously, you know, I, I know how I like that strategy where I buy a stock a couple of days before and then I sell it before the earnings report, like at 359. So I don't have to take it through the report. Obviously they're reporting tomorrow morning. So I'd have to sell it to close to not take it through the report or in after hours. But I mean, the Walmart report's going to be good. But see, this is weird because it, it had that big red bar that you see uh, May 18th. That was when it had a good report, too. And yeah. they just sold this thing after the report. Yeah. And they sold it and they sold it and they sold it and uh, took it down under 120, got it to 118. That big green bar is when they announced – that that wasn't the Amazon. Uh, were they yeah, it was. It was the, the big prime? green bar was when they went and on the shipping they announced what was it like Walmart Plus or whatever. I was going to say Walmart Prime, but Walmart Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To complete Pete with Amazon Prime, and they know what it's gapped and gone since then, and it hasn't really. And it's consolidated. The chart doesn't look bad, but again, charts don't mean much because, like you said, Joel, on the last earnings report they killed it, and they gapped it up in the morning, and then they nailed it down all day. 
So we know they will sell stocks on good earnings sometimes. And yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to predict what that earnings reaction move is going to be. Um, you know, in some cases it's easier than others, but in this case, it's like, you know, the earnings are going to be good. It's just a matter of, you know, what's it going to feel? Well, they weren't good enough. Or what do they say going quarter? Are they, you know, saying, okay, yeah, we killed it, but, you know, going forward, we don't know. It, it, it's tough to just say they're, they're going to kill it, so the stock's going to go higher. In a case like of JD.com, it was maybe easier to predict that because it's not so widely followed that everybody's like, oh, you know, JD.com killed it. Everybody isn't talking about JD.com, so maybe don't expect it as much because they're not thinking about it. Walmart, everybody's thinking about it. Everybody knows Walmart's going to kill it. It's just a matter of, are the expectations too high? Yeah, and this one too. I mean, you're, you're buttoning up again. I mean, you are making a new all-time high here, right, in the pre-market session. Uh, we've never closed. We never cleared 134. Uh, you did get right to 134.13. I think with this one, I think maybe what the big boys may do instead of like selling ahead of the report. I mean, if let's say they get a blowout number. And they do, you know, they, and they just start to, you know, take it up like a buck, a buck and a half, two, two bucks, two and a half, three bucks. Then I think you might see some big boys coming in, taking, you know, taking some profits and, you know, a good report. And then, I mean, how many times have you seen Walmart a lot of times on earnings, you know, open up two and a half, three bucks and then end up red on the day just because they, you know, the volume that it takes to move the stock during the yeah. normal session. So it's big volume. Yeah. It's, thick it's big too. volume. It's a really I'd thick say stock. the big boys let them walk it up and then they come in with their big size orders. So uh, anticipating should have a, should have a good quarter there at Walmart. Let's talk NVIDIA. The chat is buzzing yeah, about sure. this. It's oh, up I another 12. Jeez. NVIDIA also reports this week. So they're Wednesday. So it's not just retail. We've got NVIDIA, Reports are earnings Wednesday afternoon. Uh, John Deere is Friday. GAN yeah. is Thursday. So there are what some, going on there are some non-retail earnings of note this week. Price target raise, Joel. It's just oh, whatever yeah. reason. I, I, I said it on Friday. I mean, it, the, the trade is just buy NVIDIA overnight. It goes up every morning. Every morning. The market's down, NVIDIA's up. If the market's up, NVIDIA's way up. It's like it doesn't seem to matter. I said the stock's going to 530 points ago. Um, I didn't participate. I did it through the AMD. AMD has been okay. NVIDIA has been even better. I still think it's going to 500 sooner than later. People are all stock split happy now too. And they think NVIDIA is going to do it too. Oh, there you go. Oh, so yeah. there's another catalyst driving it. I don't see NVIDIA slowing down anytime soon. If it has disappointing earnings, it probably pulls back and they probably buy the dip on it. This stock is just awesome. <laughs> I don't know what to say. 476. That's the only thing I can give you. Who, who raised the who raised the Wells price Fargo time? so four thirty to five ten, and they're like, oh, Wells Fargo. Oh, well, what, what if buy, I buy. sold it at four thirty on their their recommendation? Well, that's why they raised the five ten. They don't want anybody more selling it. <laughs> I, 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 Joel, I, I, it doesn't even. There's so many analysts chasing price on this now. This stock is just the most loved stock out there from you know, one of the tech stocks, darlings. And yes, the valuation is high, but it was never like. It, it is high. It's extremely high compared to, you know, look at the rest of the sector. And it's, but I mean, this is the best of breed. So they're going to pay a higher valuation. NVIDIA, 500. I think it's coming. And let's it might take, even come this week with the earnings. And let's just look with your uh, your AMD. How's that spread treating you? 
I'm up a buck in it. Like I, like I said, if I would have did the, you know, the stock, I'd be up like three bucks in it. So you don't make as much when you do a spread like that. Uh, people weren't listening. I sold, I bought the 80 calls. I sold the hundreds against it for six bucks, which obviously, obviously the max gain on that would be 20 points, but I have the six point outlay. So, you know, the most I can make on that is 14. Um, I did that to January because I said, I think AMD is going about to hundred by the end of the year. So it was the way I was going to profit from it. I should have the same thing with NVIDIA. I thought about it. I should have bought the 450s and sold the 500 and did the same thing with NVIDIA too. So there's ways to play these things when you have targets that you don't just have to buy the stock if you don't want to. The options isn't a bad way to play it. Although, you know, you make more money if you just buy the stock. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at this, uh, do your 50% for you. This is at a real important impasse. Uh, you made that old-time high at, this. call it 87, let's call it 10-point drop. Five point this eighty this eighty two pesky area, Dennis. I'd really like to see a this. Bit. Yep, I, I'd like to see it. It's it's popped over eighty two. It went to eighty two, eighty eight, eighty four, oh two, eighty three, twenty four. Only one close over eighty two. So I kind of like could get it today again, but uh, you know we'll clear the way to move up to old time high there if it holding in eighty two. But if you were just playing it for the bounce and you were looking, hey, I'm going to buy it on the cheap, like you you know that day that you did buy the spread, and you're yeah. just looking for the rebound, then you're you're right back at that fifty percent. My my top line is a little bit off there, but just doing the math, it comes in in the eighty two. I like your lines, up. Joel. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> All right. Uh, got to remember doing more. We got Ryan? We got Ryan here. Ryan Craver is uh, our retail uh, guru. He's the founder of Commerce Canal, joining us now Pre-Market Prep. Ryan, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. How was your weekend? Uh, it, it felt long, actually. I got to say, it felt like a longer weekend. I don't know why. Uh, Ryan, we were just talking about retailers and who has the high bar, who has the low bar. You would probably agree with that Walmart and Target have the highest bars to get over, but looking beyond them, who else has some high bars to get over this quarter? Uh, well, I think, I think pretty much everyone in off price. So if you look at the way that TJ Maxx has traded, um, you know, top line's gonna be down at least 30%, uh, just given how many stores were closed. Um, any, any guys like Burlington, Ross, uh, TJ Maxx, like I said, I think Costco is definitely trading at a premium. Um, it, it, it's, it's a little befuddling to me as to how all these retailers have traded with us all knowing that the majority of their stores were closed or were running at a lower capacity. Um, I think Dennis hit the nail on the head earlier talking about Walmart. So Walmart has some very high expectations. It's trading at a major premium. We know very well that they've now delayed their same-day delivery and their two-day delivery program. They've tied up with a company called Instacart because they acknowledge the fact that they, they are not ready for this coming Q4 uh, in terms of delivery. So I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not too excited about um, them headed in, into this. You look at Target, Target had had already acquired a company like Ship to be focused on their delivery previously, and they don't trade at nearly as, a, as high of a premium. So if you're going to play the two, I, I might go with a Target. Ron Ruth, Ryan Craver, our retail analyst. Uh, first of all, uh, Ryan, I just want to ask you more, like on a personal note, I know you're in 
New York City there, and um, I, I got some encouraging news over the weekend. Uh, my niece, who has been out in the suburbs with my sister since March 20th, uh, moved back into her apartment um, into the city. She's still not going to be going into work and everything. So just, you know, I think that that, I mean, I think that's a great sign. I just, I don't know if you ever left or what your situation was, but, um, you know, New York's a really important city to the to the world and the world economy. I just uh, get your take on how things are in the Big Apple. Yeah. So um, I, on the positive side, this morning was the first time I didn't have a seat on the subway in from Brooklyn. So it goes to show that people are starting to move and, and, and come in and work. Um, this firm here, our firm, it's, it's less than 20 people, but we've been back in uh, the office as of the start of this month. So, excuse me, start of last month. So we've been going for it for a while now. It's definitely a lot slower. It's not nearly as busy as you would normally expect. Um, but I definitely see a, a pickup in actual people and uh, business seems to be starting That's to good sign. All right. I want to go to your, the call of your life here. The best call <laughs> that you ever made. And uh, folks, I mean, he, he took some heat on it originally. Stamps.com, uh, you stuck with it after the first un uninitiated stock split. And then you stuck with it again when it went down to, oh, man, this thing got under $50. Under $40. Under $40. I think under $40. It now, I, now, everyone's going to make fun of me here. Cause I'm showing my age. Okay. But I, I got this from them. I'm not going to show my password. I got this in the mail. Okay. <laughs> from them. And it prints your first nine stamps now. And I'm kind of struggling with it, Ryan. I mean, do you need to, it says I've actually printed the stamps. <laughs> I'm joking. The, I figure out how to use it. <laughs> but do I, do I like cut this out? And they said it not to put tape on it. So what, do I, do I need to go get like sticky paper? What the hell's going on with this? I'm getting, I've actually wasted like a couple of my free money here. What do I do? Do I just cut this out and put it on an envelope? Teach Joel how to use stamp stock. That's your test, yeah. here, Joel. That's just when, for a test. Uh, when Spencer sent me the invite, you know, last week, I didn't anticipate this being uh, a um, tech support call. I thought this was more <laughs> of a me, me neither, right? <laughs> Um, He's like, this guy called stamps.com from the bottom. He's got to know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> glue stick? Can you glue it? Is that what you do? Because <laughs> it doesn't really look like a stamp. <laughs> look, I stick this on my letter. Is my letter going to get there? I want to do yeah, it. I want to know. I would I would just head to stamps.com and they'll definitely show you. How I've been at, I've watching the videos. I've been doing it. I've been it's spent a half hour on it. So his argument okay. is that it's not that easy to use. Does that scare you? What I are your it. thoughts here now, Ryan? So then I went to Walgreens and Walgreens is not selling stamps anymore <laughs> because they're in a dispute with the post office. And then I went to the post office and that darn machine wasn't working for me to buy stamps. You so just can't I'm get really, I'm, I'm really upset. But anyway, he's go desperate ahead. for these nine free stamps. No, what are your thoughts on the stock now, though, Ryan? Like it's come from thirty dollars, thirty-two dollars, and you obviously made a great call at the bottom. Are you still staying on the bull train? This thing got up to three twenty-five. It's two seventy-eight. It's wild in here right now. What are your thoughts here now? Yeah, I mean, I the prior to last earnings, I was holding on for dear life, so I held it into earnings. I sold after they reported. 
the fundamentals behind the business remain the same. So um, I, I did sell it, but then I got back in around the 280 level. Um, if you look at the USPS, forget about the news because people are still using it. It is 40 to 60% cheaper than UPS or FedEx. E-commerce is on fire. Stamps.com, Indicia, ShipStation, all of those are owned by Stamps.com. They're essentially the, the monopoly. Yes, you can buy postage from other places, but they still are effectively the monopoly of where you buy postage to ship all of this e-commerce goods. Second thing is they signed up with UPS. We don't need to remember how UPS absolutely slaughtered earnings. They are doing a ton of business and they just announced price increases for the holidays. So I, I would anticipate that they continue to do well. They beat, excuse me, they had an er, er, uh, revenue growth of 49%, 49% last quarter. I think it continues. All of the Shopify sites, all of the Magento sites, everything else that's hot within this world. Oh, it looks like someone just chat tweeted that are still using ShipStation, which is owned by stamps. So I think it's still got more room to move. I, I, I can't see how it doesn't. I mean, the story intact, like you said, and you know, the trend is your friend here too. Now, obviously with the stock going straight up and it seems like the hot just get hotter and the cold just get colder. It's the kind of market where it is just paid to chase. I mean, there's some markets that, you know, obviously are, contrarian markets and chop around going nowhere this has been the type of market if you've been chasing the leaders you've been rewarded and maybe the chase you know on the little pullback we have here maybe it's another opportunity to get back in i tend to think the trend is your friend here too just from a technical perspective not knowing any much about the fundamentals yep absolutely i totally agree with you right, what other not, what, what else on your radar ryan let's just take your get your thoughts here a couple stocks what's on your radar just for you know in the next immediate future here our, our friend Amazon. So I think Amazon, um, it seems like it's, it's, it's a little dead right now, but uh, all, of, all of our clients that sell on various platforms, whether it's eBay, Walmart, Etsy, um, they continue to see aggressive, aggressive growth. I think they are the most poised to capture Q4 um, just because they have, you know, the large delivery machine. We've also seen them start to pull back on how much product sellers can ship in, which means that they definitely are going to be stocked uh, across their 75 or so warehouses within the U.S. Shopify, the trends still continue to be incredibly strong. So more and more people continue to buy, continue to use e-commerce uh, and avoid the stores. I think I think it's gonna it's gonna continue to be very strong. Um, UPS. So as you can you can you can notice the themes here. Everything's around e-commerce. UPS. You know, upfront we do have a couple UPS stores, but all of those Amazon returns are coming in through UPS. UPS announced the price hike for Q4. I I think they are going to continue to be very very strong. Um, and then one that I think is very interesting, and Dennis, you and I talked about this the last call, is we have Peloton coming up with their September earnings. So um, that that trend, uh, shall we see that it continues? But anecdotally, 
everyone I talk to is still talking about Peloton, whether they're buying the bikes or more importantly now starting to use the app for off bike yeah, yep, uh, use. Yep. Yep. I still got a full disclosure. I bought shares of that a long time and you ago. You got the bike too. You're all in. You're I along got the, the bike, bike and yeah, you're along I, the stock. You know, it was pouring yesterday. And so we got shut out at the pool and Lisa hopped on it. And I'm like, I'm going to wait till the sun comes out. And I went on a bike ride. So I, I have to wait. I mean, once it gets cold out and stuff, I'll go back on it. But I, uh, I don't know. But you know what? I also want to ask you about a dog that you warned me about, a dog with fleas. And Dennis is teasing me about it. What should I do with my L brands here? I bought it bad. And I saw it go to single digits. It's back up here. Cut the loser, it, Joel. It's, hey, they have earnings this week as well. I didn't mention. What do you think? Should yeah. I get rid of this this puppy? Uh, I would. I mean, <laughs> I work on 34th Street, right across from the big Macy's. And as I left the subway station, on the corner of of Broadway, across from the Macy's, a huge boarded up Victoria's Secret in pink. I think it's. Dunzo. Okay. I, I, I hate Al Brands, but I've hated it for a while. I was right for a while. Obviously, the last two months I've been wrong. I'm going to stay on the hate train on Al Brands, though. Right. I got to say, Joel, Joel, I'm a little surprised. You can figure out Peloton, but you can't figure out the stamps.com. I need your user ID. <laughs> I need your user ID because we got we to gotta have a little race. If, if, I was, if I was Jason, I would like put it, my cell phone and that on, on the screen. Oh, yeah, he'll but, just tell uh, you around the show for the other 2,000 people to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Be going into my account using my free stamps. I don't want that to happen. Uh, any, any dogs, you know, you think that might start barking? I thought that uh, someone picked up uh, Gap stores um, in uh, yeah, Dan Loeb. Dan Loeb. Uh, what do you think? Is there any dogs that are going to bark? There's a turnaround or? story here somewhere. Um, I, I actually shorted Gap with the whole Kanye news. Um, I, I've closed on that short because it continues to go up. I, 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 can't, I can't see how that one does well. I think one that's kind of quietly potentially going to do something might be Foot Locker. Um, you know, every time we've spoken prior to this, I've never been a fan of Foot Locker, but I think um, I think it's one of those that that might might surprise us to the upside. I think on the home improvement space, and this one's an obvious one, the Home Depots, the Lows, we should see relatively decent numbers from them, given that, you know, everyone stay at home and they want to change things with their home. Um, you know, Coles, Macy's, uh, all those guys, I would, I would still steer clear from. Um, the Best Buys, the Lululemon. What about Best guys. Buy? I want to ask you about Best Buy. This thing is on a roll, and it it's not back to school season, right? What 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 is it? Are people having to buy more stuff to be at home? And I also just want to ask you about the back to school season. I mean, you're not going out and getting school clothes, right? If uh, in a lot of areas, how do you think that? I mean, that will be more reflective in next quarter, right? Yeah, that would be that'd be next quarter. Um, Best Buy. I mean, it, it's it's surprising what they've been able to pull off, especially given usually we see a ramp in electronics for the summer. We also see obviously the Super Bowl ramp, um, but they just have 
lived and died off of this work from home theme and they continue to do very, very well. What you find is, is those companies or those retailers with a strong dot com um, have been able to overcome weak in-store sales. And now with Best Buy doing a more aggressive approach to reopening stores, um, I think I think they will continue to do well. With that said, I mean they're they're above a hundred now. Um, a lot of high expectations priced in, maybe. Exactly, exactly. And uh, just sports. Oh, I'm sorry, Spencer. Just oh, you know everything go that's going on with sports and college football, and you know people right. not buying. I mean, you know who's going to be affected most by you know the at least the slowdown in sports here temporarily. Um, so, you know, the dicks, the dicks of the world, which I'm surprised at seeing that strong of a recovery. Um, I, I would probably steer clear from it, uh, cause that will manifest itself in Q4. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't go anywhere near anything related to sports. Wow. All right. Ryan Craver is a retail expert. He's the founder of Commerce Canal. Ryan, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great week. All right, Ryan. Great. Thank you. Right. Uh, S&P's just, you know, marching here. Uh, we're mm-hmm. up 15 and a half handles. Uh, really, any kind of dip is uh, buyers come in. Uh, we're looking at a eight-star level here at 82.50. That opens the way up to uh, to 3,400. Uh, now we're only uh, six points away heading to the open. Uh, very interesting setup here. Triple D, what else do you see? Hard to be bearish. I mean, I don't see the catalyst here. Obviously, you know, the market's not concerned about COVID. We've got, we're going to start talking about the elections here eventually. We're coming out of earnings season. The earnings were not as bad as some people expected. Yes, we're coming into retail earnings season. That's going to be a driver for retail stocks. But I just look here and there's still a lot of bears out there. Obviously, a lot of bulls as well. The only bear, the, the only thing that i can think about if you know if the market really wants to turn around and sell off is just that maybe the long trade is a little bit crowded um that that's pretty much the only thing i can think of as an immediate catalyst there's always a catalyst coming up and maybe you know it's a trade war with china maybe it's something else that we don't even know about but it's just difficult to fight this tape like like i said you know you know people say you know, logically speaking you know it doesn't make sense that the market's making new all-time highs when we're all still kind of in a pandemic I mean, the market doesn't trade on logic. It trades on momentum. It trades on supply and demand. And right now, people are just hungry for stocks. All right, Spence, uh, we got about yeah. seven minutes here. Really, uh, any any negligible ratings to cover? Uh, I mean, a couple good ones. Yeah, I, I think the big one this morning is probably overstock. And it's not a... Oh, uh, forgot to ask him about Overstock and Wayfair. Not a rating. It's an initiation. Well, it's an initiation uh, from Piper Sandler this morning uh, on Overstock with an overweight rating, and they gave it a $140 price target. Analyst chase price and analyst drive price. And it's up six bucks because you got another analyst coming out. And this is what continues to drive stocks and why the strong get stronger and the weak get weaker. Because the analyst community is no longer contrarian. It's momentum-based, and they jump on whatever train is moving, um, and they keep it going. And we know analysts are still very influential. Whether you agree with them or not, they move price. So you think about you know, the, whole life, the, the whole cycle of when a stock starts going higher, and the analysts have to raise their price targets so that they don't look dumb, and they have to upgrade so they don't look dumb. I mean, we just saw it with Tesla with two bulls throwing in the towel. 
or two bears throwing in the towel. Two, two analysts who were underway on the same day, both going to neutral because they like can't fight it anymore. and They don't want to look dumb. So they've got to, you know, come around and upgrade the stock. So, I mean, it's the same thing with overstock. You have a lot of analysts and going to be chasing price here now. So it's tough to get on the bear theme and say, okay, the story's over and it's done. I mean, the overstock story is still, you know, from a, even a logical perspective, people are buying stuff online. So uh, the crypto thing, I don't know how much overstock's still involved with Bitcoin, but it doesn't hurt that Bitcoin's going up as well. Um, it's hard to be bearish overstock here. Right, and uh, trading up here, let me get the uh, pre-market chart to give you uh, just any levels if you're interested in trading this. Bumped its head up against uh, 102, back down two bucks. So I think that 102 is going to be significant. Um, on your dailies, what do you got on your dailies? Uh, dailies give you a 102.39. I think you're going to have some problems getting through that 102 here as things stand right now, just on an analyst upgrade. And uh, Wayfair... It, it's tried to pull back here. But yeah, it's the same Look. thing. It tries to pull back. What happens? People start coming in and buying it again. So if you're trying to short this thing, you're fighting the tape. And it's been tough. And yeah, you know, you get the break. You know, they do an offering. And the same thing with Overstock. Why do those stocks go down? Because they did a secondary. They're raising cash at a high price. Smart of the company. But they can't even keep the stocks down. I mean, sometimes you see these secondaries, and that'll be like, you know, from the GoPro, you know, insider selling, a secondary comes out, and that's the top. In this case, it doesn't even stay down. The stocks don't stay down. We saw the same thing with Shopify. Back when Shopify was 700, they did the offering. And it kept it down for two days. And oh, two weeks later, the stock's breaking out and making new highs again. It's hard to keep the strong down. Overstock and Wayfair are just strong. Yeah, did the runs are the runs overdone? They've been overdone for a long time. But that trend, if you're long, is still your friend on both those stocks. Uh, so I would say if Overstock ever came down and breached that double bottom 85, that's where I would say, okay, story is cooled off significantly. It's like Teladoc. Teladoc is a broke trend now. TDOC did get upgraded here today, and that might give it life because it's been in an ugly downtrend for a, or, or the last week and a half. So maybe, you know, it can turn around a little bit. Ever since they did the merger, it's been straight down. Yeah, they killed So that. now you get an analyst coming defending it, that can turn it for a, a couple of days. Is it going to show it life? Well, it needs to get back up over 200 and start holding over 200. But, you know, when you get an analyst, an upgrade on a stock that's obviously been trending down, that can have an effect for a couple of days. So I wouldn't be surprised TDOC obviously is showing strength off the upgrade, but it could sneak its head above 200. Remember, if you're trading LVGO, um, the ratio, I believe, is 0.592. So obviously that's going to be trading off a teledoc price um you know and there's a nice you know risk arb uh, trade for the risk arbs out there but you know there's an example where a stock broke trend overstock and wafer never really broke trend so that's why you know these stocks have bounced back quicker once they break trend hard like teledoc did it's like okay well now you've really got some people caught who's caught in wafer not very many people if you're in long it because the stock is right there near highs few people caught in overstock but it's starting to come back here too less people are getting caught and it wasn't down there for as long as the stock st stays down there longer you know it, it's it more yep. yeah it gets heavier too so who's the analyst on this one on the on the teledoc yeah spencer uh, i don't i forget already let's see here going to the pro we've got credit suisse this morning i mean i to me this is what analysts are supposed to do you know i mean they're, they're making a call here 
I don't know where they were at before this, but the stock's down. It comes to an area. Down 60 and, points from the merger. Yeah, They're saying I, it's know, enough. As opposed to, you know, upgrading and raising your price target on NVIDIA right now. Like, okay, well, what if I sold at 40? This is what analysts are supposed to do. I, I, I applaud this move. I'm not running out and buying the stock or anything, but you know, you got to respect a move like this. You know, it's near the low. If you're jumping in here, I mean, giving up the edge, obviously, as it's moved away. Uh, 195 is what you hit in pre-market. I think the other one, 198.21, that's your two-day high. I don't know what the short interest in this on, but you start getting back over 200. You know, it's easy for shorts to cover on days like this. You know, they put the bids out and they get peppered, right? And their bids are getting crushed and they're getting crushed and they're getting crushed. On a day like today, you know, even if you took a red candle on Friday, looking for it to take out the low of the move, now you're gonna. Now it's gonna. You're you're buying into an up market, which is which much more difficult. It helps a bit. The one thing I will say is this trend towards e health has cooled off. It's not done. Yes. The story maybe not over, but it's cooled off. You can look at e. You know, look at e health the stock e h t h. That one's just you know one hundred thirty dollars a month ago. It's seventy bucks. I mean, it's been cut in half. So um, Lisa obviously doesn't not- use either of these for her. Um- I don't. I forget what the name of the company that she uses for. It's for concerning when, like, it's broken trend now. So I, I'm more apt to sell the rallies in a Teladoc as opposed to sell the rallies in a Wayfair that hasn't really broke trend. Correct. I mean, this market's so trendy, and you break trend, and people and you get through the moving averages, and people get the hell out. And I mean, that's the difference here. Is I kind of feel like you know, the e-health story has cooled off a lot more than the buying stuff online story. All right, uh, real quick, uh, Dennis, you mentioned someone asked you about OnTrack, O-T-R-K. Like, yeah, Twitter follower, yeah. Fishmonger, I believe, asking, what's a technical, and we're sort of to a technical analyst, O-T-R-K, Mr. Al Conan, what do you think of OnTrack? I do not follow this company. This one had earnings, and that was why it's lost it off. I'm sorry, give me the symbol today? again, please. No, no, no. This OTRK, uh, and they that that gap there on that chart for in OTRK is because of earnings on August 5th. So he wants a technical on it now. I mean, it had the pullback. It looks good. I mean, it's trading up in the pre-market. You got a pair. Look at 50 bucks. You want this thing to close over 50? I mean, looks didn't quite fill the gap. I would have been close enough though fill in the gap. But uh, you know, for this one, if you didn't if you didn't want to sell at the top and you wanna you wanna see what's happening here on this way back up. I'll just do Oh, I wish I would have done that a little bit different. Man, I wish I could get these lines right. But you can just figure that you're 50, the the bottom. Now I have to go and do the actual math. <laughs> I, you give me a process of the lines I screwed them up. That's okay, though. Well, we get the I, idea. It's easier to do the math. And yeah, you amount. see you went from 64 to 42, 22 point move 11, you know, 52, 53. I mean, that's halfway back. This is going to yeah. be a tough candle to work through. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a tough candle to work through because you got a lot of uh, a lot of people. But 52, you got people caught. Yep. Yep. But it looks good. Even from a shorter term perspective, two highs and 50 double top. No such thing as a triple top. Yeah, you get through 50, you can work through it, but it's going to be, it's not easy sledding was what Joel's saying. When you see an ugly red candle like that, there's a lot of pain in that candle. 
And it's tough, you know, as it starts to get in that area, people trying to get their money back. So, and obviously people who bought, you know, the blow off top up there above 62. So as you know, you might have a little bit of room to the mid fifties on this, but I think immediately you need to get over 50 before even thinking about getting bullish on this. Cause if it can't get over 50, it could just turn around and roll over again. So I would say I'm not even looking at this until we get a close above like 51. All right, I know we didn't get too many tickers in the chat, so I've written them down, and we'll get to them in the afternoon show at 3.40. In the meantime, uh, we appreciate all the love you give us in the chat. On we like the hate, too. Uh, well, we like the hate, Dennis, too. We don't, we don't mind. We, any, any, Dennis, we you get the hate. Hey, Dennis, do you want to I, talk I, about... I always get the hate. Do you want to talk about valuation of stocks in 2000? <laughs> okay you can show no, not us right love. now you can show us love by hitting that like button hitting the subscribe button we appreciate any and all likes and subscribes uh you can email us if you'd like premarket at benzinga.com you can tweet at joel at spoos s-p-u-s at, at triple d trader for dennis i'm at sj uh, Israel. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Ryan Craver. Uh, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. And Joel and I will be back on our YouTube channel at 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.